In a speech in Cape Town on June 7th, 1966, Robert uh, Kennedy said, um, I'm quoting, there is a Chinese curse which says, may you live in interesting times. Okay, well, like it or not, um, we are living in interesting times. Now, there's some, uh, some ongoing internet debate as to whether or not Kennedy said these statements or whether or not this is actually is a Chinese statement. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going there. Uh, I just want to note that these are interesting times, and it can be a full-time job just trying to figure out what is going on and to try and make sense of any of it. In light of that, we are exploring how God defines reality. And in the book of Hebrews, we get a chance to do that because he is sort of establishing uh, a groundwork, a framework, a foundation upon which everything is being built. And in these first few verses, and I am aware, don't write to me, uh, I am aware that we're off to a very slow start, but this is the beginning. And, and again, this is a different kind of a beginning than most other books have. And so uh, trying to work our way through these seven opening statements around which the entire rest of the book is going to unfold. So uh, we're these seven excellencies, seven glories, seven statements, seven aspects of Christ's identity. And we've looked at the first three. Started with the idea that he is, um, he is the, uh, is appoint, been appointed heir of all things, uh, which means that not only will the Father one day uh, turn everything over to Jesus, but also uh, that Jesus can deliver on any promises that he makes because he is in charge and owns everything everywhere. The second is that he created the universe uh, out of nothing, um, you know, that ex nihilo creation. And finally, that he is the radiance of God's glory. He's this expression of, of all the attributes of God put together. He is, he is the moral beauty of God. So now we get to the fourth quality, and uh, this one uh, in the list, this is the one that says that he is the exact representation of God's being. So this is, this is sort of like what gets said right at the very beginning of the letter to the Hebrews, and that is that, uh, that Jesus is God. Uh, he, is, he has got the full imprint of his deity. The exact representation, and the Greek word here gets used on... Um, like imprints of stamps and seals and all those rings, signets, and all those kinds of things. The, the point is, Jesus is God. He is no less than the Father in terms of essence or in terms of glory. Each person of the Godhead is unique. Uh, there's one God in three persons. They each have their own persona. They are, in, they are independent in one sense, but they, but they are so bonded that there is one, uh, one God in three persons. That's a mystery. We're not going to try and unpack that right now. It's not bad math. Uh, it's just mystery being, uh, in theological senses, mystery is a truth beyond our ability to comprehend it. Um, so the point is, there's nothing wishy-washy in the opening words uh, that are made about Jesus. So what we're being told in ways that it's hard for us to put our arms around is that uh, there's a reason for Jesus to be the most influential person who's ever lived. There's a reason why 
it shouldn't surprise us that more books have been written about Jesus than have been written about anybody else, and that uh, that more people are are studying the words of Jesus than are studying the words of anyone else, and that that uh, and and that you know Jesus has inspired more art and launched more crusades and and mission orphanages and and. Uh, you know, philanthropic enterprises, more people have been inspired by Jesus than anyone else. We're, we're looking and at these opening verses, the writer of Hebrews is trying to wrap his um, arms around that and help us do the same. So know that there is a massively uh, rigorous foundation for Jesus. We're looking at that. We will continue that tomorrow. Have a good day.